Welcome back to Sideline Exposure. I'm your host, Mitchell Crossan, and this is Exposure 203. We are back from Columbus. The game was awesome. We'll go ahead and recap that and look at some of the other games this past weekend. Flew back yesterday, a little bit late getting this up. After we flew back, I had to move, so that's still fun, still going through that process. But in the meantime, let's start with what happened in Columbus. So, interesting game. And when I look back, it played out a little bit differently than I thought it would. I think everybody was surprised that Ohio State's offense didn't drop 30 or 40. But when I was looking at this game, I thought, you know what? I'll take Ohio State by 14. Two touchdowns. I think that's about right. I think it's a fairly close game. I think Ohio State's always up by around seven points or so. And I thought that they would pull away late. I thought they'd be in control, but that Notre Dame would hang around and then Ohio State would come up with a late score. Well, that didn't happen. And Notre Dame actually led for the majority of the game. Now, look, at halftime, I was telling people, here's the deal. Calm down. We're okay. Ohio State's okay. It's the first game of the year. You got to back in, get back into the groove. They're missing their main weapon, JSN. The defense, who actually played pretty well, you know, it's in a new scheme. It's just the first game of the year, and it's a top five matchup. A lot of people think Notre Dame is overrated. Preseason polls really are worthless, so you don't really know the true worth of a team unless they're Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. So who knows? No, Notre Dame, I think, will lose like maybe one or two more games this season. But overall, pretty good program, and I wasn't that shocked to say, okay, so Ohio State's down here. Now, the Jackson Smith and Jigba thing, that's interesting. So he took a hard hit, was out of the game. You know, I thought maybe he got hit in that head and neck area, which it looked like he did. And I thought, oh, you know, did he get his bell around, concussion or anything? No, I think it was like a hamstring or something like that that was bugging him. And he came back in and came back out. And I thought I saw a stat that he finished the game with two catches for three yards. And at one point when he came back in, he was limping. So they took him out. And Ohio State's wide receiver room is definitely still talented. You got Emeka Ibuka, you got Marvin Harrison Jr., but those two didn't really show up in a big way like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, or Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then you look at Julian Fleming, who was banged up and didn't play. And then you have another guy in that wide receiver room, Cameron Babb, who didn't play. So you have, what, three out of maybe the top six or seven wide receivers for Ohio State? pretty much didn't play at all. Now, regardless, when you look at the full talent in that wide receiver room, do they have the best receivers in the country? Yes. So should they be able to pick up the slack? Of course, but we can't look at the fact and ignore that you lose your best weapon, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Even though Emeka Buka, Marvin Harrison Jr., all these guys are talented, you did lose your primary guy. And Ryan Day in Ohio State and CJ Stroud, they've been game planning the different packages with Jason lining them up in the backfield to get them lined up on a linebacker, things like that. So you've been game planning around JSN. Now you don't just plan on the fact that you're going to have Jason available. Obviously things happen, but a big chunk of the offense, I felt like was going to go through JSN or at least a big chunk of the passing game, I should say. So the passing game struggled without JSN and CJ was off. He missed some throws. I didn't think he would miss. And Look, he finished with no picks, you know, 230 yards, whatever, two touchdowns. So wasn't a Heisman-worthy performance, but he was fine. It wasn't like he was bad. I will give CJ credit here. He had two really, really nice passes along the sideline, fitting it into tight windows where you didn't think there was a play to be made. Now, I don't 
want to compare him to Joe Burrow. But when I saw C.J. Stroud rolling out of the pocket to the sideline at that last possible second, throwing off a pass that probably had like 10% chance of being completed, he did that twice. And the first thing that came into my mind was Joe Burrow does that and does that extremely well. And that's exactly what C.J. reminded me of on those two plays. And that's what partly makes Joe Burrow so good is his ability to step up in the pocket, make plays, roll out of the pocket, throw on the run, you know, come up with these completions when you don't think there's a completion to be made. We saw that twice with CJ, top five matchup, night game, did it twice against Notre Dame. Clearly, this is something that he's worked on. He's not the most mobile guy, but I think he recognized the fact that he can extend plays rolling out of the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield. CJ even said himself from this last offseason and training and workouts, he feels that he's gotten quicker himself. And so you can definitely see that was a big area of growth for CJ. Obviously, his accuracy is there. Obviously, he has the intelligence and the mind to dissect a defense, but the ability to extend a play and the second throw that he did that on the sideline to Mayan Williams, the running back, that kept that drive alive. And I think that was the drive where they punched it in to really seal that game. So, of course, could if he had a better performance? Yes, but he made some really really good throws, made some really good reads, made some nice plays when they needed it, and he didn't turn the ball over. Overall, pretty good performance by C.J. Stroud. And missing his number one weapon, JSN, which people overlook. Before moving on, I want to touch on the defense and the running game. So ultimately, Ohio State won this game on their defense and on their running backs. Mayan Williams and, and Travion Henderson were beasts running people over. And Joel Klatt said it the best in his new podcast, you know, the testament to having a really good running game is when everyone else, including your opponent, knows that you're going to run the ball, yet you do it anyways, and you're still successful. And that's what Ohio State did. They just ran the ball, killed the clock, punched it in, and there was nothing that Notre Dame could do. On the defensive side, right, first game under brand new defensive coordinator, $2 million a year man himself, Jim Knowles. Defense looked pretty good. Now, I'm not going to just jump off the bridge and say defense fixed. Woo-hoo! We can forget about that and not worry about it ever again. It's just one game. They did allow some big plays. I mean, hell, the first play of the game, like we talked about earlier, corner blitz, got the ball off, missed a tackle, 54-yard gain. So, you know, there's still some things to work on. But just off of this small sample size compared to last year and really the last two years since the, the departure of Chase Young and Jeff Okuda, Ohio State's defense has been bad. Yet this game, their defense was really, really good. And honestly, as I started thinking about it even more, this was the, probably the perfect game for Ohio State's defense because you can look at it's a top five matchup, Notre Dame. So you have to prove your worth, right? It's not going to be an easy showing. You're not showing up and playing Arkansas State or Toledo, who they're playing the next two weeks. However, you're playing a team with an offense who's kind of one-dimensional with Tyler Buckner at quarterback, right? He made some plays, he's mobile, he can run, but you knew that Notre Dame's offense was going to be primarily centered around the run. Sure, they made some nice passes, but you knew that they weren't going to beat you through the air. It's not like they were playing the team with this high-flying offense that was going to pick up a tons of yards and gash you. So, you knew what you're getting yourself into. Top five matchup, you dominate like they did, you shut them out in the second half, now your team has confidence, right? If you shut out Arkansas State in the second half, that's great. But let's see you do it against a worthy opponent, right? That's what they did against Notre Dame. Now, again, we don't know exactly what Notre Dame is. 
Notre Dame isn't a bad football team. I just don't know how good they are or how good their offense is. But nonetheless, my confidence is high in my defense if they shut out the number five team in the country in the second half. And that's exactly what Ohio State's defense did. Okay, next segment, I do want to touch upon some other games, most notably, really, Alabama and Georgia. So Alabama played who? Utah State and won like 55 nothing or something like that. Alabama scored 17 in the first, 24 in the second, and 14 in the third. So yeah, I mean, Bryce Young looks really good. Alabama looks really good. Shocker. And then Will Anderson's a freak. I really think Will Anderson's going to have a real shot to win the Heisman. Um, you know, starting next week versus Texas, I could see Will finishing with like three sacks and just really kickstarting that Heisman campaign. But point is, Alabama's really good. We're not going to spend too much time on that. Georgia. Wow, they smashed Oregon, who was, I think, ranked 11th at the time, and Georgia won by, what, 40? That is ridiculous. I know Stenson Bennett had the numbers and had a good game statistically. And what? I thought I saw a tweet from Dan Mullen that said something about Stetson Bennett winning the game. Okay, here's the tweet from Dan Mullen. Hashtag Heisman performance of the week in every situation showed he can win games, not just manage them. So, okay, look. Stenson Bennett, I mean, he had a great game in the national championship last year and proved a lot of people wrong, including myself, that just said he's a game manager. Georgia's not going to win with a game manager at quarterback. And he made some very nice throws in that game and was part of the reason why Georgia beat Alabama for the championship. Now, you look at this game, of course, on paper, it looks great. But also, the pressure is off of him, right? When Georgia jumped out to a pretty sizable lead, you're playing loose, you're playing good. And I'm not just going to say, oh, well, Georgia's or Oregon's overrated because they lost. It's like, well, no. I mean, it's easy to say that in hindsight. Maybe Oregon wasn't that good. Or just the fact that Georgia is still really freaking good, even after losing 15 players to the draft or whatever much that they lost. But as the season continues, and I know Georgia doesn't have that tough of a schedule, honestly, they actually have a pretty good chance to go. 12-0 in the regular season but you know if they play you know Florida whoever and if it's a tight game let's see what Stenson Bennett does then let's see let's see if he wins you that game or wins you a game where it's not as easy and you don't have a comfortable lead to play with so out of those three teams and I know that the AP poll and coaches poll and all that stuff has already come out by the time I recorded this not surprised to see Alabama 1 Georgia 2 and Ohio State 3 And I think that's fine. And a lot of Ohio State fans get really upset when they're like, oh, Ohio State, you know, the only team in the country that can beat the number five ranked team in the country by 11 and drop. And it's like, well, look, what the AP poll is, it can change week by week, right? And as we get new data, we can change our opinion and our rankings, right? That's why we have weekly AP poll rankings. So based off of the best performances and the most dominant performances, we rank those teams accordingly. You don't have to just keep Alabama number one every week just because they're winning. Now, with that being said, I understand some people could argue that Ohio State had the most impressive performance. However, you could also argue that Georgia had the most impressive performance, beating formerly number 11 ranked Oregon 49 to 3. Now, look, if you want to argue beating number 11 49 to 3 or beating number 5 21 10, whatever. Point is. Georgia is showing us what they still are, right? Post-national championship, post-losing all those draft picks. They're showing us 
what they still are, regardless of Oregon, regardless of if they may be overrated. Just because Georgia smashed Oregon doesn't necessarily mean we can just jump to the conclusion that they were vastly overrated. Maybe they were a little bit, but Georgia is showing us what they are. Ohio State showed us what they could be, right? We know what the running game is now. We know what the defense is now. Again, it's just one game, but based off that one game, we know what those two things are. The passing game, we know that didn't perform up to Ohio State's standard, but it has the potential to be that, right? It has potential to be something a lot higher and a lot better. And for Ohio State, up until they show us that against a good team, right? They're playing Toledo in Arkansas State. It's actually Arkansas State next week, and I think Toledo the week after before week four versus Wisconsin. Let's see what Ohio State does against Wisconsin, right? Similar to what Georgia did in their dominant win against Oregon. Ohio State currently is showing us what they can be. Georgia has showed us what they are currently. And so I'm totally fine having Georgia ranked ahead of Ohio State, even though Ohio State has the quote-unquote better ranked win. That will conclude this week's episode of Silent Exposure. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on our social media as I do little short videos, breaking news, analysis updates, or sometimes just chirp, whatever, on TikTok at Silent Exposure. And then we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Twitter is at Silent Expose. Go ahead and give us a follow if you're interested. Football is back. We'll talk to you guys next week. And as always, go Bucks.